0: All right, welcome to Imperfect Allies. I'm Richie. I'm Chris. And uh, we are here in the middle of our W.E.B. Du Bois conversation. And uh, Chris and I saw uh, some, uh, well, we saw a show that we thought was relevant to this whole thing. And uh, that was uh, Colin in Black and White on Netflix. Yeah, Chris, you told me about this show first. You you saw it first. And, uh, man, tell me what we were thinking. I mean, I I initially saw it reluctantly. Um, mm-hmm. 'Cause I wasn't
1: I wasn't trusting where it was gonna go. I didn't know. Then after sitting down and watching the full episode one, right? You can't make your assumptions too early. Mm-hmm. Once I made made it through episode one, I had to bend the next mm. six. I, I just couldn't I was captivated. It was what we talked about on the show. Like it was a good mix of addressing the realities that we live in, but enough of the like nature of what whiteness is in america like you know it was enough of both black and white and that's what it says calling it black and white but you just never know that someone can do it so well Mm -hmm. and this is the best representation of our country i've ever seen it's Mm. black and it's white and it's just straight down the middle everything is, is accounted for and that's phenomenal
0: yeah absolutely i think the first thing that popped in my mind is like you know the first image essentially the images of the first two or three minutes is like he acknowledges like slavery happened and that football He he links some ties between football and slavery sort of the same behaviors uh, maybe mm-hmm. a different system but some of the same behaviors and i think that was uh, as i was watching it in sort of in my whiteness i was like well if white people are watching this they may stop and i think that that was important for him to do up top to say like we've got to be in a place where we acknowledge this happened this is a real thing a real reality and has mm-hmm. real impacts into the present or we can't move forward mm. and that's that's kind of where i saw it Right away, so it was like super uncomfortable up top because I don't like thinking about slavery because <laughs> it's just. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who does, but at the same time, like, like it's it's painful, and so um, I I thought that was really good because I think that's like where the cultural conversation needs to be, like especially around issues of like CRT and stuff. Like we need to acknowledge these things right away. Yeah. And if you can't acknowledge, then you can't move forward with with this sort of integrated mixed culture. You know what I mean? That's
1: good. That's good because yeah. I I now know how white I am because I was like i'm not gonna be able to make it to this (laughs) in the first (laughs) in the first few the first intro i was like this is not gonna be the show for me i'm so sorry but no Colin. like Mm -hmm. that's the level of um like impact i had of watching the slavery connection and you know from my point of view it was i remember when i stopped valuing football because i only saw slavery Mm. like I remember when I saw the veil so vividly mm-hmm. that I was not a active participant in the choices I was making because I was so disgusted, mm. um, and I I felt like I I hadn't come anywhere, I hadn't made it anywhere culturally, like being black. I was like, damn, I'm still a slave, mm. and. What I hate most about that depiction of myself is that there's so much um, upliftingness about the opportunities given to athletes. Like, mm. like they, a lot of athletes come up from wherever they were. Yeah. And uh, and Colin Kaepernick is an NFL quarterback. So he's had to come up, you know, and mm. and looking back at younger Chris and saying like, "Hey man, I know what you were impacted by and I know a lot of the decisions you made yeah um, weren't because you were thinking of the opportunities, you were just thinking, I'm a black man being used in a society." And mm. and that's, you know, there's a point where you are black as hell and you're going through the process and that's all you can see and so you just interpret everything that way. And yes. I was I was frustrated that that's what the connection he was making mm-hmm. to football because I I think w- what you just said was perfect. It is acknowledging a past reality, and if we can't acknowledge that, then we can't continue forward. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. My issue with it was it's the same goalpost moving of yo, black people are still slaves, and it's mm. like mm, hold on, like slavery is not what we're experiencing right now, and I don't right. I don't like um, how weighted it is to make those connections. Gotcha. Like, so that was that was hard for me to watch the the intro, but it's only a minute. But it was, I obviously yeah. I had stopped the show. And it took me a week to pick it up. Yeah. it. it, it I watched that part. It was like, mm, not for me. Turned it right. off. And it was like, I'm not touching this again. And then something compelled me to watch it this last week.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I think that that's probably pretty common, honestly, like, because it was hard hitting and it, mm-hmm. because it, it, uh, the intersectionality of the two, of two, and we're from Texas, so I don't know if people around the country would get this, but how important football is to mm. our, to our state culture, you know, like it's, yeah. it's a huge thing and to show to show there's anything wrong with it is like, is huge, yeah, I think, standards. just populous wise, right? Um, and then, and then, you know, doing what I think is appropriate, but also painful. Showing that the same behaviors are continuing, and like where the roots of those behaviors are. Um, and I think, I think, you know, as I was watching it, I was thinking to you the whole time, um, and and I was wondering if I was seeing a little bit of your childhood. You know, like just kind of that struggle with everything that you just talked about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, well, my my decisions are not my own. And and through the first three episodes or so, uh, Colin really struggles with that. Yeah. Like he see he sees it, and then it's like caught in it, which is a strange thing. So it's like this net that's like it's real. These consequences are real. Um, And uh, then the last three are more of like him breaking out of that in some way yeah. like isn't it it's not breaking out of it i i don't know i don't know what what would you call it i mean it was it's
1: it's it's the because breaking out of it doesn't mean that you're free from it and, right and you shared a, a book with me that i think is super profound and it's uh, what man's search for meaning by mm-hmm. victor frankel yeah um, and it's about you know surviving auschwitz right it's about mm-hmm. surviving um being in the thick of it yeah. but being free from it based on your ability to harness your own decision making and choices and um, feeling like you have some autonomy in your life mm-hmm. and uh, even in the worst situations and so you know obviously Colin wasn't in Auschwitz that's not what I'm saying but the last three episodes are him manifesting his destiny yeah. and and regardless of the world around him he made the decisions to get him to where we even are talking about him he is Colin Kaepernick NFL quarterback. Yeah, and he earned that. And yeah. um, what I loved so beautifully was how many times he layered the the pioneeringness of being black in different aspects of life, and yeah, baseball is one. Yeah, where I can tell you today, I never touched baseball. It, mm-hmm. was, it just it just seemed so foreign. It was like no, no, sorry, not interested. Um, and and so I, it was interesting to hear him see the distinction in you know football. Mm -hmm. where we are way more represented. (laughs) Yeah. And by we, I mean black people. And um, in baseball, the difference is there. But then also in football man that quarterback thing is yeah that's very real yeah that's so real a black quarterback is not seen as a quarterback i like when i say black quarterback i i think everyone just heard oh you mean a running quarterback i think that's synonymous you know yeah and it's unfortunate because um that little distinction impacts kids and how they're uh, experiencing the world
0: absolutely and i think like backing up even to like the first episode, you know, talking about Allen Iverson. Mm. You know, like that is- um, And
1: I missed that because I was too young.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I was, I just was out of base. I mean, I don't know that I'll ever watch basketball like i did in the 90s so yeah gonna <laughs> you know I mean? be like so yeah so i was you know but but to see like you know iverson bringing just a few things from black culture into his like everyday life this is my everyday yeah. life i'm an nba player i'm gonna have cornrows i'm gonna have tattoos i'm gonna i'm gonna it's gonna be hip-hop like and the backlash of like this this microaggression of calling him a thug and all this that and the other things like you could look at the '96 pistons and there were more thugs than Iverson would ever be you know (laughs) they're clean cut clean cut clean shaved everybody you know seeing that that and that pattern sort of can continue or has continued if it's allowed to you know yeah um and being at the forefront of that being you know and i think they're they're parallel figures because i don't think kaepernick like he's probably more in touch with his blackness than than sort of ever before Oh yeah. but but this story felt like it was it was i don't know like it he didn't ever lose that you know what i mean like it wasn't a question of like i don't know what do you, i mean i know what you what your thoughts were but
1: I mean, it has to be a process of finding because mm. there was, yeah, he had to, yeah, I, I don't know what it's like to become black in a vacuum of blackness, like, I, mm-hmm. or is vacuum yeah, sure. I'm in a space where there's so little representation, yeah. you know. And the irony of where he grew up is I live down the street from there now, and yeah. uh, I've, done shows out in that and close to where he was i haven't been into it into it but one of my friends who was at my birthday party Mm -hmm. um he lives right down the street from that part of town and it's i mean yeah it's not urban (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) by any means Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's tough to imagine having to learn blackness in such a way where i mean your parents are white Mm -hmm. your everyone around you's white and I, I think I have some similarities because of the Eurocentric education of my family. Like, there's an episode where Colin has to get his hair done and go into a beauty shop or and in a, in a barbershop. And it's mm-hmm. very uncomfortable for him and his mom. But mm-hmm. for him, he, he actually starts seeing himself. He's like, oh. This is where I am. I, I yeah. didn't know. I haven't seen it. So he's discovering that. But I kind of remember a lot of that growing up was because my mom didn't really take me to her beauty shop. I didn't grow up in her beauty shops or anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I had to go and discover a lot of that on my own. And I remember mm-hmm. being like, oh, this is like we're here so much that I don't know if I'm in here. <laughs> like it was mm-hmm. the exact opposite because I had I, already been around enough black people to not feel like I wasn't black. Right, Mm -hmm. but um, being in places of that nature and even now today, um, one of my gifts that my wife got me and I'm actually wearing it now I know the podcast Mm -hmm. listeners can't see this but I'm wearing a hoodie designed for black people Mm -hmm. and uh, it's called Keep It Natural and it's designed to make sure that cotton isn't taking the oils out of our hair which happens Mm -hmm. all the time and so it has satin uh, in line. Those details and and me wearing this shows that I'm trying to take care of my hair in a way I've never done before Mm -hmm. and now it's because it's like, oh, your hair leaves? <laughs> oh no. <Yeah. laughs> you know, like oh man, I got start. I got focused. Right. Mm-hmm. But growing up I never really took the time and I remember getting my hair done, I got it wasn't cornrows, it was um Man, I, for, I forget the actual description of it, but um, but I had to sit in the chair, get my hair, it was mm-hmm. tight, and uh, man, I undid those things, like, in two oh, to wow. three days, I was like, I'm taking this out, this is mm-hmm. not for me. Mm-hmm. And then I went back into that beauty shop, and the look I got from the woman that took two hours to do it,
0: <laughs> she, Oh no, she,
1: she was not happy, it was, it was not, I felt ashamed, I was like, I'm oh, sorry, no. I didn't think about it from your perspective, I just had it in my head hurting, uncomfortable and uh this Mm -hmm. is coming out but what i say all that to just say it's such a like it's it's part of our experience our Mm -hmm. hair is connected to us Mm -hmm. and colin did not get that until i don't know he looked what a freshman in uh
0: High school. Yeah,
1: yeah. High school. That's yeah. late in the game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I, always felt connected to blackness. I didn't take it serious as a lot of other black people do in our culture, but but I was at least connected to it. So that was wild. Just seeing him learn mm-hmm. how to be black in a way and how to accept himself for being black. And, and now you look at 2021 Kaepernick, and he's the blackest person. Yeah. I mean, that dude's black. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, this whole show. I mean, that's the that's the that's the wild thing. Is like, um, yeah. I, I, one of the things that I get. We keep going back to the first episode, but like, one of the things that um, I thought was pretty great, uh, at least from a white point of view is there were no white saviors like he had support from his family at least at least from my chair it looked oh, I agree like with you. you know like that mom was supportive and taking in places that maybe she's not comfortable with and it could point out something weird with her but he it's
1: the best parents in the world
0: yeah and and then also and also moving into the next episode quarter uh, quarterbacking is like uh is the privilege that he had so his parents had the money to get him into a quarterback camp to get him into under a coach that was high, high level, mm-hmm. to get his mind—like re- he had the physical ability of being a quarterback, but it got him the mental game that he needed to really, really step up. And
1: I—and they didn't necessarily portray the financial piece, but I know that was a part of it. But just the white mindset—that—that that, uh, you know, black people call it audacious, and and I—I—I mm-hmm. I, I like audacity, but we we say it with a negative connotation. Sure, <laughs> um, but it's—it's it's just that oh, you didn't get the—you—they wouldn't want you to be quarterback let's go to the top let's find the best yeah. quarterback coach in the state yeah and then then walk back in there yeah that's that's a totally different thought process than you're not gonna put my baby on the team are you mm-hmm. cra-? like no we're like it we it, it, the solution is I, I just loved watching his parents make their white magic decisions mm-hmm. i, mm-hmm. I I've, I've never got to see that that layer mm-hmm. before. And it was it it just seemed so real, authentic and not hate driven, not like at no point were what they were doing racist. It was just the thought process is we solve the problems this way. This is how we see the world. This is how we solve the problems. Colin, I'm teaching you. This is how we see the world. So even when they gave like his parents even had microaggressions against him. You know yeah yeah but they weren't doing it because they didn't love their son right they were like this is how we see the world we need you to see the world this." and yeah. um, i i i valued i i don't know why i valued it but i just I, I i wasn't raised that way i was in the same positions as as kaepernick and my parents were not um i don't want to say they weren't supportive they were supportive but you, so the camps that he went to mm-hmm And I guess this is just more of my dad does not value sports. I think that's what this is. But, um... When I had the opportunity to go to college camps, my dad was like, "I'm not taking you to these Pop Warner peewee camps that kids go to." Mm. And it's like, that's not what this is. <laughs> this is a chance yeah. for me to go to college, right? Yeah. But, but it, it just, yeah, I didn't have the support that he had, and that was really cool because they were like, "No, we're gonna get this done. This is a goal. We're going yeah. to accomplish this goal. We're gonna drive to every camp and we're mm-hmm. gonna make it happen." And i mine was the exact opposite of that. So I don't know. I just valued and liked that white man how they hit all the situations. Yeah,
0: man, and I think too like seeing and i i felt that like when they so later in the episode if i haven't seen later later on um you know he wants to get he wants to be play college ball as a quarterback he was a gifted he was a gifted baseball player and probably more gifted baseball pitchers i mean he was they were they were showing him throwing 92 uh mm-hmm. you know and 17 it's like i mean you know <clears throat> he had a decade on that arm that he could have been throwing those ball you know at least yeah. Uh, But, uh, uh, you know, when hit with the wave of rejection, uh, his parents' answer was not, well, we gotta stop. His parents' answer was like, what else can we do? Mm -hmm. That, and I think that that, I don't know i mean uh you see that in in white and black families um but like it just felt like i see that missing from a lot of my friends and a lot of my mm-hmm. family like like they'll say well you're you can't do a b and c because and that like attitude of like well what can we do well, we can get a tape out to everybody yeah you know what i mean
1: and it's not the system fault. it's mm. like they didn't blame the system they didn't blame they didn't they They're just like oh, okay what what else can we do and they yeah. did it all
0: yeah which i think to me from my mind it's both it's a combination of both but if we can't change the system right this second if my vote does not impact or my my money right now does not impact this the culture what can i do within the system within the net with behind the veil whatever it is mm-hmm. what can i do to affect that other side and so while i as a white person not live you know i'm, I'm living on we're living on two different sides of that veil I, it it's still it's still I think that you know I don't know I mean the ability like and 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 this is thing that you know I've talked about too kind of early on was like if it's if if it doesn't look good right away then then it's not worth failing mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like if it's not if you're not a, if you're not a pro right away then. yeah and that's across that's across a culture like i think that's a human thing across it's a cross-culture thing but i i I do see that quite a bit and um yeah i'm just i thought that was really great to see like there's always something you can move toward you know what i mean
1: yeah 100 percent. and i i I think the what else can we do with system that we have Mm -hmm. is that conversation that we're having with du bois and booker t yeah Um, and so much of the du bois camp is no it's the system The system is the problem, and we Mm -hmm. need to tear it down. Mm -hmm. And my issue with that is, and and I don't mean this to um, be negative. I'm saying the the silver lining in that issue is I feel so passionate about uprooting this tree to Mm -hmm. plant a better one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the issue, the issue is I'm expending a lot of energy to uproot a tree that has so many roots Mm -hmm. it's so deep into the ground and i might actually not get this tree out the ground Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like i might die Mm -hmm. still trying to uproot this tree Mm -hmm. meanwhile my white peers are planting trees Mm. I've been working to get this one out the ground, and they planted a hundred. Mm-hmm. I've exhausted everything I have, and mm. ev- they now have an orchard. Mm. <laughs> and and I I I don't want specifically my brothers and sisters not to be racist or anything, but I am speaking to my existence of, as a a black man and a, a black American. I don't want us wasting time trying to uproot trees that ain't going nowhere. Yeah, it's, especially if the trees aren't like. Uh, to us the tree looks like it's dying and it's 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 a problem but the people that planted it are like that's actually a perfectly fine tree and mm-hmm. i'm not gonna let you uproot it mm-hmm. and so not only am i trying to dig up the tree but i also have to keep fighting security who's, who's trying to get me off the property from digging it up you know mm-hmm. so yeah let's plant our own let's like i i i just have a, such a, a problem with that and maybe it's because i am um indoctrinated in whiteness enough that that i i see that as a uh, uh some form of a waste of time or maybe it's just not my fight but uh yeah i don't know i uh, what i valued so much about it and was the the booger t washingtonness of it all and just the the family's worldview even though it was from a place of white privilege you yeah. know um their worldview was what can we do with what, what we, we have yeah
0: and and to be to be like honest like i was upset that they weren't pushing harder for the system, systemic change that I think need to be. Like I was like, come on, you know, like even in the, even in the, when the managers, uh, you know, they, they go to a, a hotels in the um, episode three, where he goes on a baseball tour, essentially every weekend, he's got a new game in a new city in California. And almost every uh, hotel manager was crappy to Colin in some way and his parents really didn't fight back. And that made me really mad. That, yeah. Um, uh, because I, uh, I, I don't know. I just felt like it, it felt like why why wouldn't you fight harder? Uh, uh, and probably in reality, I get why they didn't fight harder. Like it's just easier to assimilate hmm. than it is to 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 like just you know just be part of be part of what's going on here and operate in that that kind of thing.
1: I mean, I think you know the parents also didn't see the um, they didn't see all those microaggressions that Colin were like, and not that they were oblivious to them. They just didn't see them as a aggress- yeah. You know. Yeah. Sometimes they saw them as affirming something they already believed,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Colin,
1: you look like a thug. Duh. I mean, yeah. that's how you're going to be treated. Or, you know. Yeah. Um, Colin, you were speeding. I mean, you, you can't speed. You got lucky there. You know, yeah. and. And not seeing that they speed all the time, right? Right. And, and so I, I understand why they weren't fighting back because they weren't necessarily aware of it as much. Um, but I also think it's because I think Colin addresses the uh, assimilating. Like he ends up wearing a suit. Or he, he dresses very professional to a baseball event that no other kid is dressed professional to. Right. As a way to um, dodge the eyes of the manager. And, um, you know, I think...
0: And well, even says he even says like why do I have to be professional when I'm a kid? Yeah. And I think that speaks to the biases that like we elevate the ages of black young men. Like yeah, oh sure. a fifteen year old, oh, that's really a, a dangerous thirty year old or whatever, you know, like yeah. uh and, and women as well. Um so yeah, man. Um uh, and I and I do hear myself when I talk about like not wanting to see white saviors, but also not <laughs> like the white people didn't do enough. So mm-hmm. I hear that contradiction in my my own self and my own viewing of that. Good, yeah. Um you know, because I do, I do feel like it was more about them supporting him in the ways that they could, exactly, versus yeah. them trying to change whatever else. And to me, that's—I don't know—that that feels operationally correct, <laughs> like family operationally correct. I don't know. It's the American know.
1: way, like the quote-unquote American way. Um, and all the America's a melting pot, so you know, I I, I kind of pull back on what I said there. But it is the the white American. And when I say I'm, I'm saying the white magic of it, like not necessarily blanketly like monolithic white, but it is the way to do it. Is what can we do in this situation? Um, no, Colin, they're not just gonna give you quarterback. Why would they just give it to you? You have to go over and beyond, right? Versus, uh, my baby's the best, duh, you know, because he was, but, but they. Yeah, I don't know how to infuse that logic that they had because it's so uh, it's just out of what I'm used to. And, and, And my parents, hmm, I think I was the best in a lot of situations. So my parents never had to really do what his parents did. But on top of that. I we definitely didn't have the thought process of this goal is going to happen no matter what. You know, I think and, and and this isn't for all families. You know, some families sports is the way out. You know, and and they they paired collins privilege very well because Mm -hmm. he was surrounded he was surrounded by people who didn't have opportunities to get out of of turlock uh california which if you've been you want to get out you know and (laughs) (laughs) he he had opportunities that he was passing on and turning down which was offensive to many and so um i i understand the privilege like for me my growing up my upbringing I had the privilege of football it didn't have to be the answer. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a little bit to our detriment of, of you know, my family didn't take it. To the level of how serious it could have been, right? Um, Because I had opportunities that were seen as you're playing a game. This mm. is a game, you know. My, yeah. My dad is a, he's a science in like his mind is not related to the game, <laughs> right? And right. um and so I was playing a game, but they operated as if it was a goal. It wasn't a game. This is a goal that Colin has, and mm-hmm. we're going to manifest destiny to that goal. Mm-hmm. And he has that mentality. You see it in the way he carries himself. Yeah. And he achieved his goal despite. All the odds, and that was also even better for me because he was always second pick. He was he was never the one. Yeah, yeah. And that's that is that to a oh, white American who feels as though they're never the first choice to say they have white privilege is yeah. so offensive yeah. because it ignores that they've always been second fiddle and they had to work their butts off to get wherever they were. Yeah. And um. And I like that Colin had to embody that too. Now some yeah. people would say that's because he's black and all like. Right. But I think that in that mentality that your second fiddle is a human one. I, I think yeah. it's very normal and whiteness responds to it differently than blackness does. Yeah. And I like that I got to see both of those, if mm-hmm. that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I, I and I feel that as every second pick, like when I was in high school, um, you know, I played ball like just all through elementary school and middle school and you know and, and um, we had moved my freshman year eighth grade freshman year so I had to like walk on and try out for the basketball team uh, when I came back to Fort Worth and I I, it, I really felt that the episode where you know he tries out he hits all these all the numbers he needs to hit and they still didn't pick him like I felt that because mm-hmm. I did the same thing like my um my, uh, all my free throws are right, all my rebounds are right, everything. I was working for six weeks with these folks, like doing scrimmages and all that stuff, getting everything where it needed to be. Uh, I had relationships with everybody on varsity and could and could hold my own or if not beat them, you mm-hmm. know, by myself. Um, but because there was a, a band or a, you know basketball booster mom whose kid was trying out, who he got on varsity, but he was benched the whole season. Mm-hmm. They picked him over me. You know, they cut me, and, and and I and I left. I left basketball at that point. Like you I was like, I'm the, just yeah. done because this is complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think that's of, of the few regrets I have in my life. That's one. I I can see now that like it, you know, um, it was more about what am I going to do with that opposition, mm-hmm. and what this the show really is a core a core theme of the show is rejection. What do you do with it? Yeah. And and Collins from the show, you know, his point of view is it's refining. Mm -hmm. Rejection doesn't do anything but refine me into a sharper point. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard and it can be hard and I've been there where everybody in my life has told me I'm making a mistake which I'm sure he's been through that a couple of times right with this yeah. kneeling thing and all that stuff um but he knows where he's going and and that that to me is you know you and I can call that a white magic but to me that's that's bigger that's almost mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that's I don't know I don't know what that is but that that focus of like uh allowing those that are gonna pick me second to know they made a mistake mm-hmm you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's just there's just something to that uh, and and going on it, not to break down the coaches, not to blackmail the coaches, not to not to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, not to do all these, like, I'm watching Succession as well. So <laughs> 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 during this time, it's, it's all this backstabbing and it's all, the other side of white magic, right? It's all this, like, just betrayal and all this stuff. And he's like, no, I, I mean, be undeniable. I'm going to be and unden- yeah. We hear that in comedy a lot, you know, like be undeniable and that's it.
1: You're good, you, yeah. you,
0: you, you can't. You can't like. Regardless of suits are gonna like you, the audience will if the audience can't deny you then there you go you got it you you get you're on your way and yeah Yeah.
1: and and i think that's the 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 what i've been using in comedy that you know i have many conversations with comics because i've transcended a lot of levels in the last four or five months so i my network of comics is very broad and there'll be comics that they have no other mentality but to blame the system yeah it's the audience it's the booker it's this person it's that person it's your jokes if you're not if you're not holding your jokes to the fire you will never be good enough and if you keep putting the responsibility on everyone else you'll never be good enough right and that mentality is the winning one and it just it just works because it 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 takes so much accountability that it nothing else matters but your own perspective on it and when i think of my past accountability was not something i had mm. you know it, it, i mean like if i'm looking at my athletic career my my own accountability was i didn't want it to the level that colin wanted it. you know it was yeah. Like, yeah that's i can look at that and when i look at my sports broadcasting background like i had opportunities i cast them aside now i know a lot of the circumstances i was using was my blackness i, I just mm. I I remember there was one there was one other black anchor and um, he he was not good enough mm-hmm. from the collective's point of view. Got it. And he wasn't good enough because he didn't love it to the same extent as everyone else or whatever it might have been. And yeah. I remember feeling that I was like oh, I don't want to end up that's I don't want people saying these things about me. And mm-hmm. I bailed. Mm. When instead I could just said I'm gonna be the best, you mm-hmm. know, but I didn't have that mentality, and so I I just see that, and and I agree with that it's not necessarily needs to be called white magic because that's assuming that it's only harnessed by whiteness. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the only, you know, cause, cause I think, and I think there's a parallel on the show too, because going back to his baseball stuff, like he was really talented. and people might've said, I mean, think about if he would be bas- playing baseball right now, would that, would would he be in the issue, you know, losing his position and all this stuff? I don't know, but would he be, would the conversation move forward or, or would the, the you know progress be made if he had not done that? I don't know, but like, I get that, like, I'm, my heart's not here. This is not where my heart is. And it may yeah. not be, I might be better at this. Like, I'm like, you know, like a small examples, I'm I'm pretty good at theater tech. <laughs> like, I'm pretty good at running lights and like, you know, video cues and all that stuff. Like, I, I, I know how the show goes and I'm very good at it. But my heart is never in it. Like, mm-hmm. th- sometimes, but I'm always wanting to be on stage. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I felt that with, with this one too. Like he wanted to be the quarterback. He wanted to be the leader that he knew he was, you know? And I don't know. I mean, I think there's something to be said for for having your heart. Your heart has to line up too.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so true.
0: So, um, but yeah, like another thing they, they talked about uh, in the last couple of episodes was like black beauty, which I mm. thought was, was really, and it should, I, I think, redefined as beauty. <laughs> like it's just part of, what Beautiful is. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I love that they showed child actors as playing high school children because everybody looked like children. Yeah. You know, and nobody looked like an adult. Uh, and it wasn't sexy to be a high schooler. It was just, there mm-hmm. were kids because yeah. it's not sexy to be a high schooler. Like, I think that's another like part of uh, the systemic thing that we need to address. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I was just impressed by the whole thing, man. I, you know, and, and the sort of the pinnacle of it for me was him present day Colin walking back into his childhood room mm-hmm. without being able to be seen by his childhood self, but being able to impact. And that, mm-hmm. that you know, um, I won't go into more cause I want y'all to see it, but like he was able to affect his past self in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with who he was, you know, fully black as he is now. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. fully, I don't know. The Language is hard for a white guy to talk, I guess, be comfortable with. But like almost like his full self yeah, from yeah. the future, you know, because as much as we think we, that's impossible to do, you can't change the past, but I think you can populate it. I think you can go back and and be that for yourself when you're younger. Be that wisdom or comfort or just like surprise. I don't know. I I just I identified so much with that scene, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: what hypnot. I mean, I I. For the listeners that the hypnotherapy and mm-hmm. it's something that rich you've talked about mm-hmm. just the present self going back and being there for the past self and yeah um acknowledging that and helping your past self through mm-hmm. the situation and giving them full perspective you know mm-hmm. that all oh, like hey we're gonna be whole you're, you're solving a problem right now and you're doing great at it yeah um, and everything's gonna be okay you know mm-hmm. that's just so powerful mm-hmm. and i think that's that was that that piece right there was he was like you're gonna be good like you're killing it kid keep mm-hmm. it up up, mm-hmm. um, I got your back. And mm-hmm. that it's just him having his own back, but it. it it is very profound and uh, comforting, and I, I did yeah. value that.
0: Well, and it, it, to me, it was an acceptance of that past self too. It wasn't because I think that we tend to, oh, I'm getting better. I'm better than I was before. Right. Yeah. I'm better than I am, and and psychologically, I am. I'm healthier than I was mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Yeah. But I was in an unhealthy environment, yeah. and it's the same. Like you, you know, the, the why he had a healthy, stable home, he was in an unhealthy sport. Mm-hmm. That environment is unhealthy, and and wanting to, you know, um, but 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 allowing himself to to me that felt like he was accepting of his whiteness in some strange way Mm. (laughs) like bringing that's part of me too this whole thing is part of me too and it 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 has a place with blackness it has an intersection with blackness it's it's not oil and water it's this is me we heard that with Leanne you know, talking about Christian, being Christian and being gay. She's like, that's me. Yeah. Right. And we we're told that those two things don't mix right. it's oil and water. And um, when I think, you know, that's the future is everything mixing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to it be more about being human than it is about being a uh, male or female or black or white or or whatever else. Like, I, I don't know. It's to me, that's 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 how we move forward as a as a larger human culture, you know. Mm-hmm. no
1: i love it i love it and i i i think listeners if if you stop and watch colin in black and white you'll see exactly what we're talking about just the balance in it and just mm-hmm. oh it was yeah it was phenomenal and with our discussion of booker t and wb the boys if you can harness both i think it's such a, a uplifting reality and when i look at the black progress that w- the country has made mm-hmm. it's phenomenal and it's because we have people duboising it up and we have people washingtoning it up yeah <laughs> you know yeah. and we need both and yeah. <laughs> I, I will say probably the people funding the wb dubois are the people <laughs> making capital as booker t washington you know <laughs> the like that's that's mm. the society we have is is the working class if there's something they believe in they put their money in it and they help progress all of this and so looking at at Colin and seeing his family as um, maybe the, well uh, they were such a mix that it's hard to say but Colin's best friend was you know Booker T. Washington, hey I gotta do what I have to do a- and, hey, I'm protecting you even if you don't see that I'm protecting you. I'm riding with you even if you can't see I'm riding with you. And I thought that was that was so dope.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking, I think, like, uh, speaking for a lot of people, black and white, like, why are you throwing away this opportunity? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that like, and that's really what it, it was privilege. Like, that's what, pri- like, those roadblocks are down. He didn't have any roadblocks to go into the Major League Baseball out of high school. You know, when you have mm-hmm. three or four clubs wanting to promote, wanting to draft you, I mean, that is can anybody even imagine being in that position and then giving that up for something that really is more important to them because that's where he fit because he's like Mm -hmm. I am you know I fit in football I'm here here in football I don't fit in baseball I'm always an outsider and I and I think white people need to hear that because you know just like NASCAR baseball is a sport it's predominantly white and 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 you know you could have different like Dominican and Cuban folks and Mexican Japanese folks playing black folks playing but it's it's a predominantly I would consider it a white sport Mm-hmm. Um, because of those things. Like, he talked about playing right, you know. That's that, you know, that. Subjectively. Yeah, like, there, when he was talking, when he got his, you know, one of the coaches at one point was talking about his cornrows poking out of the back of his hat. How many mullets are in baseball? How many white mullets are in baseball that no coach has a problem with? Yeah. You know, but it's, it's that. It's that uh, Im- image that uh, whiteness is correct or whiteness is right, like that. That is, that's and he still makes prevalent. the argument that mm. it, that's
1: not a hateful idea. Mm. That it is
0: also the the
1: manifesting of yourself as the prototype. Yeah, you know, and I, I thought that was very poignant because a lot of us do our image of prototypical has so much to do with who we are in general, you know, and um, I've never imagined a prototype that I mean only only because I have real world representation of quarterbacks and that's been forced down my throat. of what And, and, and so I will say that some of the prototype that we believe is to be white again, like the um, the study that was done where you have kids pointing to dolls based yeah. on you know, yeah. what color the dolls are. So I understand that it is a collective decision as well um but the collective the majority of the collective is white and so what i'm saying is the prototypical thing being white doesn't necessarily mean that it's all hateful. It could just be the manifesting of picking yourself as the, the one. Like, mm. you, we all want ourselves to be the one. Okay. And um, when I imagine everything, I mean, I, I struggle with this. This is so weird, but colorism in my community, it's like knowing that my kids are most likely going to not look like me mm. is kind of uncomfortable. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and every time I envision them, I see them looking like me. And then I have the realization, oh, no, 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 they're not going to look like me at all, right? They're going to look like Colin, and and they're going to walk in the world like Colin, and, and they're going to have white and black, and they're going to have to deal with that. And that wasn't my prototypical upbringing. So, you know, um, to imagine something outside yourself as a prototype is very difficult and uncomfortable. And I'm not racist. I have no problem with mixed individuals, and it's still hard for me. Like, I love my—I will love my kids. I think it still be— a a learning process, right? And so, yeah, wow.
0: I I literally have never thought about that ever. You thought about what? My kids not looking like me. Oh, I've never. I mean, that's, that's very eye opening. Yeah, that's very (laughs) deep. I mean, god we got heavier just a second but i'm man. sorry
1: yeah i've never hmm. i guess yeah i've never also really said it out loud um, yeah yeah but uh you know i remember growing up with colorism and things of that nature and when you're not mixed you have to there, there's things that get said and so you know it's it's just interesting that um and I, i'm trying to remember when i made when I, I think it was college when i made the recollection that like people that I have defamed will look like my kids. Like it took like I didn't understand that um until college or so. It was just like, oh, yo, that's interesting. Like I, it was it was hard to wrap my head around because I was brought up in a way and you know, I have the the vision of what what my kids should look like and um yeah, I don't I'll
0: cross that bridge when I cross it, but sure. sure right now and it's I'm, just I mean, and I think you'll see him in your eyes, your nose, mouth. You'll see different parts of yourself and it is a mix of the both of you. Um but yeah, I mean, yeah, a mixed kids not going to be as dark as you like yeah that you know what I'm saying like that's just generally how it is um and that's yeah that's uh wow man hmm not gonna have the same hair you know like yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and that's man that's so much a part of it so it's mm-hmm. like yeah it's just different it's gonna be different um and I was at the barbershop the other day and um it was uh I couldn't tell if he was white or Hispanic or something but his hair was straight and the barbers were like see look at this man it's just oh their hair is so good and I'm like "What's happening right now and, like, everyone in there is black except for the guy in the chair. Yeah. The barber's just like, look how easy. To, look, look, look. I just do this. You see that? <laughs> you see what I just did there? That was so smooth. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't Hey, that brother in the chair, hey, he, he ain't able to do that with his hair. It's like. Y'all, y'all see what's happening right here like I got good hair why are we you know but it, it just it's just it it's just the reality and so I know my kid they're gonna be it, it's just gonna be different it's gonna be so
0: different <laughs> absolutely and I think and I and you know kind of coming to sort of a conclusion what I why I think that we need it so badly to to futures mixed is because it is you know what I mean like it is like the the people and the culture the language music it's all um, we need to be able to borrow and connect and make it a, make it us and not them and us them versus us mm-hmm. you know and how do we operate in a world where um you know where, where things are things are different than they've ever been yeah okay. you know uh you know what does that what does that look like and i and i think that is that is how how we end these dichotomies is is if if we integrate enough and i know that's a loaded term But if we integrate enough i think it becomes one people it becomes american it's not black american or white american or italian or irish it's just americans and americans look all different ways um, but share hopefully share a set of values that we can reset you know like Mm -hmm. equity for everybody opportunities you know for everybody those kind of things you know we can reset those things by acknowledging the past and its effect on the future and going forward and maybe not knowing exactly how Things are going to look, mm-hmm. you know. But but sticking with one another uh, and loving one another. As those things manifest, come to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I think that's that's really to me that's what's needed. There's the more and more that I that I get exposure and connected to other cultures in my own, the better I am, and hopefully the better they are. But I don't know. I mean, I I, I know I'm better. <laughs> I'm better for it. Um. And and uh, yeah. No, man. Any any kind of final thoughts on the series, or just how it, how it kind of links into this converse, larger conversation?
1: I mean, all I can think is I'm so hungover. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well very good man very good. Well we yeah. think yeah man yeah. uh birthday Chris uh <laughs> It's finally met his limit. But that, you know, we we thank y'all so much for listening to the show and listening to us speak about these things and let us know your thoughts because we're not experts. We're just we're just two imperfect allies trying to sort these things out through vulnerable, connected conversations, uh, through education, through uh, you know, talking openly with one another and 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 not only showing the good parts but showing the parts that are a little rougher, maybe a little more. I need more refinement. I need more rejection. (laughs) Yeah, I need (laughs) more hydration. Hydration. There we go. Okay, okay, hydration. So, yeah, thank y'all so much for listening to us, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.